The big story of the past week in US-China relations has been the tit-for-tat shuttering of consulates in Houston and Chengdu. So to get the latest on what those closures mean for the business community and the relationship as a whole, we're going to chat with our Shanghai director, Owen Hockey. So from the US-China Business Council in Washington, DC, I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. Owen Hockey is our director in Shanghai. Owen, welcome back. Hey, Ian. All right. So the top story is, you know, the obvious one this week. So what can you tell us about the most recent escalation of bilateral tensions we're seeing? The big news last week that raised concern for businesses in China was the closure of a U.S. and a China consulate. In China, this was the U.S. consulate in Chengdu, which is the capital of the Sichuan province in southwest China. This was a closure in retaliation for the closure of the China consulate in Houston, Texas. Companies are naturally concerned about the implications of this and the impact these closures have on businesses. There are a few that do come to mind uh, that we've been hearing from our companies. Main impact here will be on visa services. Consulates provide visa application processing for business travelers, and this will interrupt operations in both locations. Well, you may say this may not have an impact right now due to international travel restrictions. There are a number of companies that were in the process of applying for business visas through the Houston consulate, for example, uh, that needed to transfer their application to another uh, China consulate, which I believe those are all going to the um, the consular services in Washington, D.C. So there were some disruptions there. Uh, other impact will be less commercial service personnel on the ground to support U.S. businesses in the Sichuan region. You know, U.S. commercial services, for example, provides consulting services on on market entry, uh, selling products, and accessing the market for U.S. companies that are in the region. But following the closure, other consulates in China will cover this area uh, for business support going forward. These are diplomatic tensions at the state level. Uh, companies that we've spoken to have not reported they've seen a strong pi- spike in anti-U.S. sentiment or any kind of boycotts tar- targeting U.S. businesses. Uh, which is always a concern when we see actions like this that do spike tensions. Uh, So uh, no direct impact yet necessarily on businesses uh, since this is really a, um, you know, U.S. to China state level uh, issue. However, I do think companies are most concerned about what these closures may mean long term uh, for the overall direction of the U.S.-China relationship. And what kind of impacts is this going to have? What does it mean for in terms of risks and company investments in China? I think... Given the ebb and flow of U.S.-China relations over the past years, it's definitely been a roller coaster. Companies already do have some risk management plans in place. The consulate closures are another hurdle for them to navigate and also with with their teams in China and the U.S. assess if there is a direct impact on their uh, business um, and that you know, could stem because of uh, anti-U.S. sentiment on their sales, on their partnerships that they may have uh, with companies in China. Um, you know, we haven't seen companies report any direct impact yet, but it's something companies should be thinking about. Um, of course, during these times, communication is the most important thing for companies as we do see these spike in tensions like this. And making sure their China and U.S. teams are on the same page and understand the actual business implications and, and what kind of actions they'll take in different scenarios. Uh, tensions between the U.S. and China are, are likely to increase leading up to the U.S. election, unfortunately. Uh, but companies are investing in China market to compete because the China market is still growing and there is opportunity to expand their business regardless of these tensions. I authored a China Business Review article on the topic of U.S. companies expanding and competing in the China market, though it's more under the context of COVID-19. Uh, but it provides a little bit more context on that. It was published last week, and it may be of interest to some of the listeners. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and folks can find a link to that article uh, in the description on our digital magazine. Um, so how about business people, you know, execs hoping to return to China? Are, are there any updates there? Yeah, we are seeing some movement on on visas and for those that do want to travel to China for business-related uh, purposes. Saw reports overnight that China is using some the travel restrictions on Korea, South Korea. Uh, so I imagine uh, we'll see some selective openings on a country-by-country country, uh, approach uh, for the China side to allow more business travelers to uh, go to China. For U.S. company executives um, of, of U.S. and other citizenships that are working for U.S. companies, I've heard more reports of individuals or groups of employees able to apply for an invitation letter from their local uh, government uh, where they're operating in China and apply for new visas that would allow them to enter the country. And they've successfully done so and, and been able to um, enter the country um, to return to their business operations in China. The 14-day quarantine policy is still strictly enforced. Um, you can hear about that in my colleagues in the experience of a 14-day quarantine in the previous podcast, in case you missed that, which is interesting. But there is some new news uh, that is for residents, those that have residences in Shanghai. Uh, Shanghai is also implementing a policy that will shorten the hotel quarantine uh, so that you can do seven days in a hotel of quarantine. And then if you have your own residence, um, you can do the remaining seven days at that residence. So that, that's a new change that allows a little bit more uh, flexibility so that if you're traveling, uh, returning to Shanghai, uh, if you have operations there in a residence, that you don't have to stay in a hotel for the four, four, full 14 days, uh, but you'll still be um, uh, under an enforced uh, at-home quarantine for the remaining seven days. Hopefully, as testing advances, we will see this process shorten uh, to allow more of the business travelers that are going there for meetings or other purposes that don't have residences to come over for business travel with a shortened quarantine time. We're not there yet. Uh, I think Shanghai will be the place for this since they'll be encouraging international travelers to attend the China International Import Expo that will take place in November. So we'll be keeping an eye out for any uh, updates and policies uh, going forward and make sure to keep our members updated. Yeah, and that podcast you mentioned about the quarantine uh, was one we did with our vice president of uh, China Operations, Matt Margulies. Uh, I'll include a link to that as well. Anyway, Owen, thank you for your weekly wrap-ups. Good as always. Thank you, and Good speaking with you. All right, we'll hear from you again soon. Again, Owen is the director in our Shanghai office. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S.-China Business Council, and you can learn more about the work that we do on our website, uschina.org. If you like the show, leave it a rating and a review. It will help other people find it, or you can send it directly to them. As always, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>